there's so much to lie, you know, that being stuck in an airport lounge. <laughs> Five three eight dance department backstage. Dennis Breyer. Hey, Dennis. <laughs> Mark, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Really good. Yeah, I'm all good. All good, actually. Yeah, and you? Yeah, doing fine. Doing fine. My baby girl's just gotten over like five months yesterday, so. Uh, oh. No amazing. sleep. No sleep till Brooklyn. But uh, <laughs> I was going to watch that. Have you, have you... <laughs> is this your first? Uh, my second, my second. But with this second. wife, oh, with this wife, my, my first, yeah, yeah. Right, so, gotcha. Okay, so yeah. it's, all, it's all a new thing. Oh, well, congratulations, man. That's It's beautiful. It's a beautiful time, that. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mark. And welcome to Dance Department Backstage, man. It's like 25 minutes uh, behind the scenes in the electronic music business. So, and uh, yeah, really good that you could make some time for us because I think you're one of the hardest working men in the music business for the last couple of years. Thanks, man. Yeah, look, look, you get, you know, you get in, you get out what you put in, sorry. You know, you get nothing for nothing. And if, if you love what you do, I don't, I don't ever find it a chore. I just, I love what I do and I love trying to better myself and better with what we do as a business. So I'm very driven and and I, and I just love it. I, lo I love the challenge. always love to try and, yeah, see how far I can push myself. So I... I, I I uh, really appreciate it. It's very kind, you know, but I genuinely just love it, and I don't find it work at all. It's great. Oh, it's a bit of it's a bit of an addiction, right? Electronic music. When once you fall in love with house music, electronic electronic music, dance music, whatever you call it, there's no stopping it. No, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Once if you've got a vision of what you you realistically think you can achieve, um, then you're right. You're just addicted to you get to that point. And it's always about looking forward and uh, and evolving what you do uh, and the challenge of that. And it is an addiction, like you say. You, you, never, you never get there. That's a great thing. And how is it for you uh, nowadays? We have a strange year, you know, 2020. We don't have to talk uh, long about it. Yeah. COVID-19 COVID has struck the planet with, with lightning and thunder. How is it for you as a as a party man and a DJ DJ to uh, get through these months? Because you have an amazing output of songs. Uh, the track with Laura Davy and the Melody Man, the new track with Renee MS that is really good and doing well. Uh, how do you spend your time? Do you spend more time in the studio, more with the team? What's your yeah? What's your flow right now? Well, I mean, I've always had two jobs. You know, I've always seen them uh, as being intrinsically linked, and I'm both needed full-time attention so it didn't matter you know the higher DJ if I was at Sao Paulo on Saturday night I would be in the office at 9am on Monday morning um, <laughs> especially when you're the boss it's important to set you know to set a precedent to say look we all love what we're doing and it involves being out and a bit but Monday morning we're back at it and we're, we're, we're focused um, and I've always had that I've always maintained that since day one and uh, I've always had tour room in the business. I've always had lots of staff. You know, I think we've got five staff now. It, it takes a lot of attention and a lot of hard work to lead that team. Um, so I've always had the two things going consistently. I've never been one to do a gig and then hang around for two or three days. I'm last flight in, first flight out. So nothing has really changed for me uh, Monday to Friday. In fact, I've been probably busier than I've ever been. I've really had the opportunity to get involved in um, layers of the label I've always wanted to do, but it's one of those things you think, if I start to unpick this now, have I really got the time 
to finish the job off. So certain things were just left. And now I've got more time and no distractions from touring to really get, you know, that granular level of, of what we do as a business and as a company. Um, so Monday to Friday has been great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, of course, I'm missing the parties. But I know as a dad uh, and a, of um, a nine-year-old boy, I've got a very magical time right now to be with him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never worked four weekends a month since he was, say, two, I think. I've always, it was three, and then in the last four years, only two weekends a month, because for all the money in the world, when that time's gone, it's gone, and you can't buy it back, or you can't have it back. And I just think now is it's just such a magical time for me and him. We're like best friends. We've been loads of time together. We're both obsessed with football, uh, probably more obsessed with football than we are music. Our life is uh, is all about that. And um, I'm just embracing it. You know, I'm seeing it as a positive thing, but um, it's forced me into into even more of that um, way of thinking. And I think when I do come back, it will be very, very measured. You know, maybe one, yeah. two shows a month, something like that. Um, so I think... Um, it's, it's opened my eyes up and really pushed me into a situation that maybe I was looking to do in two years' time. But now I'm like, do you know what I mean? I, I, I love being a dad more than anything in the whole world. Um, and this has pushed me into a scenario that I really enjoy and I, I, I want to continue further. Um, that doesn't mean to say I'm not going to DJ any, uh, anymore, but just at a very, very measured approach, you know, because... Um, there's so much to life that you can't, you know, that being stuck in an airport lounge is is not the big one end all. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Monday to Friday, very busy, doing loads of records, the labels flying, you know, it, I think us all having the time to really focus our energies uh, outside of just the kind of club thing, you know, making records for club DJs and the momentum that it gains there. We, we've focused a lot on radio and how to build record, records at that point. Um, so it's really forced our hand from a business perspective to yeah. to look at how we seed records and how we activate activate records globally. So it's given me the time and the headspace to do that and to do loads of music. And I think that really shows, you know, the label's probably had the best year it's ever had, um, even though we've gone through this whole crisis. And that's because we've been fully focused. Um, and the music I've made has done has been very successful. We've got this record, as you said, with Renee now. It's yeah, called amazing. In the UK, and it's really growing globally. So I think you know it's just having time to do those things and execute those things properly. And maybe that's a lesson that we we take with us moving forward. You know, when everything starts to come back to you know into some form of normality. Yeah, yeah. And is, is your son also a fan of touring records? Does he like the music you make? Not really. I mean, he likes to. He's 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 big into grime. He loves grime. He loves yeah. uh, hip hop and that. So, uh, but there's the occasional one he would he, he sings along to when it comes on the radio. But uh, it's great that he very much has his own uh, musical opinion and what he likes. What he likes. And he's really interested in shazamming things, downloading it. Yeah. He's got a big record <laughs> library. You know, it seems. Uh, I've been there once before when I was a nine-year-old without Shazam, yeah. but when I was a nine-year-old, you know, going into record stores on a Saturday afternoon and spending all my time buying music, taking it home, listening to it. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows where that's going to go? At the moment, it's, it's all football, but it does show signs of uh, early DJing. Who knows? Yeah, What's who knows? That, that would be nice. And, and Mark, can you... Take us back to your youth when you were a kid. Uh, did you also listen to pirate radio stations? What were your favorite songs back in the days that really inspired you to get you to the point where you are now? Some songs that really changed your life. 
Uh, yeah, I, I can have a think. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was obsessed with um, uh, soul. I mean, anything that Jimmy and Jim Terry Lewis. Oh man, me too. You know, yeah. He, oh my God. I mean, if there's if if there's two people I could meet in life, just say look, thank you. It would be those guys. You know, everything they touched turned to gold. And even before I knew about what being a record producer was, was listening to their music and the continuity between what they did, it was like, oh, wow, I like this and I like that. And there's a similarity. You know, even before I understood music, just understanding how they took and had a sound and they applied that in different instances, um, they really changed my life. I mean, I think it's hard, hard to put it to one record, but I think, they were so instrumental in my love for music. I just connected with everything they did um, right from the early 80s, right the way through, and I just was obsessed with what they do. And then, and then think people like Teddy Riley, and this was pre-House, yeah. and then I sort of discovered how, you know, I was listening to things like Ten City, the more soulful end of, of House music. And then we started going out, and then you're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then I obviously I gravitated way more to the soulful side of things um, because that's where I come from. That's what I knew. I mean, I didn't get house music at first. I was like, this is just way too white for me. I don't get it. It's strange. <laughs> white. So where's, where's the funk? Yeah. You know? Um, and and then I discovered Soulful House and that's where my career started, releasing records on labels like Zed and things like that. So, um, and that's what I'm trying to do now, you know, with records like this one, All For Love. It's come back full circle uh, and really just get back to where my I'm not saying that what, what I've done lately isn't from the heart everything I do is from the heart but that's you know writing songs and listening to songs is is what I grew up with and what I love ever since I was a kid you know and, I, and now it's, it's about revisiting that as an idea and um, bringing that into what I do Yeah, yeah, I can hear the love for for music and the love for soul music as well in All for Love. And I know René is really into soulful and funk music as well. So I can maybe I can hear you listen a lot to the SOS band back in the 80s, man. <laughs> you can't touch the SOS band. I'm sorry. I mean, and just think how many times that, especially in the house, how many times their records have been covered. And, oh my god! And, and translated now, timeless because yeah. they were just yeah, just great songs and you can revisit to be good to me a million and one time and it will still be good because yeah. they now the fundamentals the basics of just great songwriting and you can reapply in, in as many instances as you like and that will and that will uh, that will carry you know that really will and that's what i wanted to do this year is set myself the challenge of that it's like i looked at people and, and around it's just not enough anthems of now you know if you were to let's say we fast forward in five years from now yeah we said well okay what would we bootleg from this era i think that's um, difficult yeah that's difficult it is but, and, i hear and you because we've all been stuck we've been stuck on this hamster wheel of right must do a <laughs> must do a record to create a bit of content to get a gig then do a gig then do another record and on yeah. you know and it's like not it, it not no point did anyone disconnect themselves from that cycle and say hey, do you know what, I'm just going to write songs, I'm just going to take my time, invest in the songs, not only financially, but in terms of my time, and not grab a, a vocal from Splice, actually spend time with songwriters, get them in, hone that down as a process, um, and, and write songs that will stand up in the same way as SOS Band, Just Be Good To Me, and all of those incredible records, 
we we constantly revisit and constantly reference. Let's start doing that again now, you know. And I I sort of said that to myself at the end of last year, and um and I, and I want to maintain that, and I've got all the time in the world to do that right now without the distraction of touring. Maybe that's one of the benefits of this whole crisis that you can just slow down, uh, slow down your pace and take your time to like rethink everything again. Maybe that's one good thing of this crisis. I think so. I think we were so trapped in this hamster wheel yeah. um, that didn't actually make sense. We, that, that, that doesn't make sense. I mean, you look at the kind of logistics of a, of a DJ's diary. If you can physically get from one city to another city the next day, then you'll take that as as, as a routine. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense uh, to you as a person, to what it does to you and not only the physical and the mental effects of that. You know, we have all this issue in our industry of, of mental problems. You know, you go into clubs night after night, you're playing with fire. We all know that. We all know the, the scenario you're going into. And then you throw into that tiredness and all of the above. If you actually wrote it down on a piece of paper, like, oh, I'm not going to do that. That doesn't make any sense. But we do. And that's just become the new the, the norm within yeah. our industry. And I think a, a big circuit break in that will really help the longevity of our scene um, because we, we could perhaps go back on a different foot with a different approach, um, not only to the, the, the touring and the nightlife side of it, but to the music. Because why are we rushing? Why do we need to have a song every month? Why can't you just write three amazing records that you can play for the next 15 years? 15 years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. More quality instead of quantity. Actually, and more so, more from the soul instead of from the mind and from the hamster wheel uh, thing. You know, I think that's good. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I mean, I was up, I was caught up in it as anyone else. That was just, the, you know, the way we, we operated, and it was like, right, I must bang, must get a record done. You know, bang that out slap something together and I thought well you know I can do something more than that I came from a place where I, where I learned to, to make music was a place far more complex far more involved than that you know I used to I used to share a studio with Dave Lee uh, Joey Negro back in the day that's how I started writing music and I'd go in and watch him do sessions recording brass sections and BVs and strings and I, I, I would sit in and watch and absorb all of that information and that. That was just the norm, the way you wrote music back then. And I was yeah. like, and that's how I learned to do it. And I think, well, why, if I can do that, why am I not doing that? You know, why am I not pushing myself as an artist um, to do those things I know I can do? So, um, yeah, it, 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 um, it was a... Um, attack I wanted to take at the beginning of the year and I think it, with all of the clubs being shut I think it's given that style of music an opportunity as well because you know if you were to go in a club and start playing records with verse in it you know when's the last time you went in a club and you heard a verse when Probably I played by my I, when I played ago. myself I think <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it, you know what I mean? And it's like, now there's, we're not caught up in that situation and records are being broke on radio. And it's a medium that there's far more, uh, far easier for people to take on board. Okay, okay, this song, it's a full song. It's, a, it's an electronic song. It's a full song. And when people go back to clubs, they're used to that. They're used to that as an idea. And then hopefully we can go back to, you know, back in the day, go into a club and every single record would be a song, one song after another, not just a continuous nine-hour instrumental sort of soundscape. So I, I think it's important for what we do in electronic music to have those those moments, have those records that... Um, that say, okay, this is what we did in our time, you know, not just let's go back and keep re revisiting Marshall Jefferson and 
and, and Nick what he did, you know. So, um, yeah, I think this whole situation, if, if we embrace it in the right way, will be beneficial long term. Yeah. What do you think of the of the club scene? How how do you care? Can you predict the future a bit? Do you think uh, how many clubs will survive this crisis? I think venues will will fold because people just won't be able to afford to maintain them as businesses. But people will always want a party. So I think it will kind of go back underground. There's going to be lots of office space available soon. So yeah. you know, it will just be a cycle where old venues may shut down and then new things will start. And that's, again, that's important because, you know, we always have to, this always has to reinvent itself uh, and become fresh and open itself up and be um, open to a new generation and give them an opportunity to own something, not inherit where clubs where are their older brothers and sisters and their parents went. It's like this is what they grew. That's what they were part of. So I think, again, that's, a, a, you know, a healthy thing. I think DJ's fees will be cut. I think they will be. And I think, to be honest, it's probably the right thing. Things yeah. have got so overinflated and so disproportionate. You know, I almost feel embarrassed when you look at some of the fees you're earning and then you saw what happened in this whole lockdown thing. And some of these people that were really, really saving the day and the money they were on against what you were on, it was just, it's just not right and it's not there. It's disproportionate. Totally. So I think, again, that needs to be really looked at. And, you know, how much do people really need to earn? Because otherwise, all they doing, the, the, the artists and the managers and the agents are just strangling the whole scene to death, as yeah. opposed to letting it grow, you know, letting opportunities. Because if you're a promoter, the outlay for a show is enormous. Enormous, and that's massive risk. And if it doesn't work, you're left holding the baby. Even if it does work you're squeezed such a small proportion. It doesn't invite new promoters to come on to sing, oh, well, I can do that because I can make money, as much money as the artist. And I think that needs to be re-looked at. I really do. I think, and that's only fair because I think it got so heinously out of control and so, you know, so sickly um, in, in people's greed and the way they really push the envelope of the scene in not a good way. So I think things will come back and change. And I, I, I won't, you know, it won't be all doom and gloom. It'll just be a reinvention of what we've done before. And it, I think that's a healthy thing. Yeah, a fresh start of the scene when we get back from this crisis and we can go to the dance floors again. Absolutely. And people will always want Saturday night. People will always want to go out and dance. It won't go away. It'll just reinvent itself and pop up in a new format, which will be great and reinvigorating for, for what we do. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. What, what is your crew at, at Two Room, Mark? How many people do you have at the office at this at this moment? Um, 25 we've got working um, at Whoa. Two Room. Uh, at the moment, yeah, there's a lot of people in here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, most people are still working from home, but there's uh, I'm in the office and I'm in the studio today, and we've got a skeleton of about eight that are based uh, full-time at the moment. The rest are working from home, and it, work, it works really well. But it's a big team, it's a big crew, and uh, it's an incredible crew. It really is a team effort, you know. It's not I, it's, uh, it's we. It always has been, and that's the secret of our success. I mean, I think... You can be good individually, but you can be unstoppable as a team, and that's yeah. what we've always tried to try to do here: is be a team, and it be about us, not one but individual. No, no one component part is bigger than the team. Yeah, it's it's a bit like Formula One, actually. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's all about that. I mean, I, football is my thing, and I always. I always relate everything back to football. It's about getting the right team on the pitch. You, know, we don't need the team of. 11 centre-forwards or 11 defenders. We need all the right players 
playing the right roles for the team to be successful. And if you can build that, um, and you get the right people, and you, and you, in, you know, invigorate them in the right way, so they feel that they own it. And that we do. We have a, a tool where we have a system where if we do well financially, then we share it. We come you know, twice a year and go, okay, we've done really well. Let's just share the endeavours of our hard work. Because, you know, that not only motivates people financially, but they feel that it's theirs, it's not mine, it's ours, it's our team, you know, and I, I would never, never ever call it anything but that, because it is a collective effort in everything we do. The people work here are just amazing. I mean, I could find yeah. them at 3am on Sunday morning and say, look, I need you to do this, and it'd be done. They'd jump out of bed, you know, because we all, we're all in it together. We've got this incredible opportunity to to say something in youth culture and, and really make a mark and leave an impression on people's lives. And I think that really resonates here, and we really try to uphold that. Yeah, what if you can fantasize loudly about the future of Tool Room, uh, Mark, Where will you be in three years? What will you achieve in the next three years with Tool Room? Sure. I think, you know, we would like to be a mini major uh, in terms of a record label to just grow further, you know, just grow sales and grow the business uh, larger so that we can accommodate artists throughout their whole journey. I mean, one thing we independent record labels throughout any genre from is is the ability to retain artists when a, la a major starts throwing stupid money at them because it yeah. is very hard especially right now where there is no other revenue streams coming in it's an artist retention and how can how you can do that without having enough funds to say look we deeply care we deeply care on a granular level about your career and can help you at all these stages more so than a major who just throws money at things and if you, you don't fit the algorithm unfortunately you're out you know we, we care far more than that in fact you know we found you know we've got you to this point to have more money available to say look okay well what does that then mean to you financially to retain you so that you can have all the care and attention of an independent yet still have the financial backing and clout of an independent so that's what we're really striving for I think Armada doing a major job at that I think you know yeah. the, what they've done is incredible and made to position themselves in that space um, as somewhere between an, indep well, an independent that, that has the gravitas of a major so we love Michael and the guys there we, in fact, we do a lot of business with them and I think they're an inspiration to us yeah, great crew we yeah. want to end up Oh, great crew. Yeah. Mate, there's a lot of parallels and we, we get on with those guys. They, they wear their heart on their sleeve. They love what they do and they do an incredible job at what they do and, and all respect to them. Yeah, that's, that's love for the scene, Mark. Thank you so much. One more question. If you can build your ideal club, uh, where would you build it and who would be in your lineup? At the end of my garden, so I wouldn't have to travel. Be, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's it's amazing. Location, got, yeah. No more uh, customs. Where would it be? No more customs, no more flights. <laughs> yeah, just nip down the end of the garden, bang out a set, and then back uh, to watch match of the day. Uh, no, um, where would it be? I mean, I, you know, I love playing in New York. I have to say, I, I really miss not being there and playing there. I think um, from where I've come for, from in electronic music, that play, New York holds such a special place in my heart. Maybe back where the Paradise Garage was, to go yeah. back into that space. Oh. Um, and just because of all the history and, and you know what it, it did to set the seed and sow the seed for electronic music, which is the most incredible sound system um, ever heard to man. That would all it would need to be for me. Yeah, 
that would be a, a nice one. Uh, Sander Kleinberg, he's a good friend of mine. He also has this special uh, connection with New York. So I traveled with him a lot to New York. And there yeah. were there always special nights when you're in New York, right? 100%. Yeah. I actually remember playing, Sander was playing at uh, Crowbar back in the day oh. in New York. I was playing somewhere else. When I, uh, and I was just coming up and Sander was playing uh, at Crowbar. And I finished my set and then I went down and hung out with him and it was just oh, the first time I've been I was like oh my god wow I want to be playing here and you know for three months time I was and uh, yeah every I, I cannot I don't think I've ever had a bad night in New York never ever ever the people are just it's so ingrained in, in in the city the electric music and they're so receptive and up, up for music it's just special whenever you go Mark, thank you, thank you so much, man, for your time, and uh, thank you what you're doing with Tool Room for the scene, man. Appreciate it a lot, and uh, we'll keep banging out uh, the track with Renee, all for love, on dance department, of course. So uh, you hope to thank connect you, soon. Mate. Thanks, Dennis, and thank you for all the support. It really means a lot. We really, really appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you. It's for the love of music, man. Absolutely, always, always. See you soon, Mark Knight. Thanks, Dennis. Cheers, man. Five, three, eight. Dance Department. Backstage, Dennis Ryer. Connect with Dance Department online on Facebook, Mixcloud and 538.nl slash Dance Department.